275 episodes in 898 days yes you heard it right the guiding voice is a perfect example of consistency persistence perseverance and most importantly never ending commitment and zeal to add value to the community and we are excited to bring a, a passionate and charismatic leader for this milestone episode so folks i know you are very curious about who the special guest is but first of all let me thank jagdish belwal for helping me connect with our guest today and thanks it on jagdish for making this happen i am literally on cloud 9 to take this conversation forward and without further ado let me introduce the guest for today he is a linkedin power profile a tedx speaker columnist and active tweeter a human resource strategist with diverse industry experience from his civil service to engineering information technology pharmaceuticals automotive and a conglomeration of hydrocarbons retail media and telecom digital services he has been the chro of two new york stock exchange nyse listed companies and also the chro of two fortune 500 companies he helped all the companies where he had been the chro to make it to the list of top 10 business companies to work for in india that's awesome he had the opportunity of significant global exposure to all facets of hr and organizational effectiveness especially large scale especially large scale transformation his personal goal is to support each person he touches or comes across on his or her journey to become a better professional and more importantly a more complete person hence spending time on coaching mentoring career advice and even being a simple agony aunt is important to him because it touches lives of people so deeply currently he advises a range of companies right from startups to large corporations including multinational conglomerates across a range of domains of strategic hr issues including board effectiveness talent and leadership organizational transformation culture renewal executive coaching employer branding and the odd talent search these are just the tip of the iceberg which he is involved into prabir jha an alumnus of st stephen's college delhi and xlri jamshedpur is the founder and ceo of pravirja people advisory a boutique platform for retained strategic advisory talent search and executive coaching he is a sought after speaker executive coach and a visiting faculty at various at various business schools and top management training institutes he advises some startups and sits on the hr advisory board of the reserve bank of india and has been on the board of companies in the tata and sipla group this is the guiding voice podcast series the guiding voice for a better future friends i am your host navin samala just a fellow it professional but on a mission to shape the careers and lives of millions across the globe through the guiding voice successful leaders across the globe share their knowledge and wisdom with the world and our audience will acquire more knowledge for every minute by tuning into our platform than any other podcast in this space because we drive conversations that matter and conversations that add value to your life and your career and we are super thrilled to have pravirja part of today's episode pravirji hearty welcome to the guiding voice and i am i don't have any words to say actually like i'm super excited to uh, initiate this conversation with you sure no thank you navin very kind of you and a pleasure to be on the show of the guiding voice Thank you. Congratulations on two seventy-five episodes. It's not a small accomplishment. Well done. Thank you. Thank you so much. And without uh, 
support of industry leaders like you to not have been possible at all but i believe we have a long way to go in terms of shaping the careers and lives of millions across the globe and with that let me kick off my first question as always i am interested in your career journey and uh, one thing that intrigued me is the career path that you have chosen right not many people dare to plan especially when you are a civil servant and at a such a high stature high position as a bureaucrat how come you have made your way into corporate and right now you are running your own advisory so can you share your journey in a nutshell so navin first is i don't don't think i planned my career this way <laughs> so i must confess right and uh, and i'm not also an hr professional who was a management trainee and became a chro i was an hr professional by accident otherwise i would be, been a secretary to the government of india in any ministry in delhi right now so yes it's a very different background ironically for a very uh, poor uh, hr experience of reimbursement of my xlri expenses i left the civil service right so and and i became an hr professional so irony of ironies and that's how it was and then uh, i must confess it has been a fairy tale career in the corporate world and i realized that uh, there's only so much you can do by being captive to a company but if i can touch let us say 1000 more companies and 5000 uh, or more leaders and help them change and get better could that be a more fulfilling purpose and legacy to leave behind you know otherwise god has been kind it's been just awesome but so that's where uh, you know the shift to advisory happened so for the first time in uh, my 55 years now i became an individual contributor only when i became an advisor about 3 years ago till that time from the age of 22 i always you know had people to lead and manage uh, because you know the government of india you don't start from a junior level you already start from a senior level so you're leading people so that's my things so i never really planned it and uh, you know i've uh, it's been a happy accident my career <laughs> quite quite an interesting journey and uh, it's quite inspiring as well and uh, i'm really curious to understand what are the top 3 things that have helped you okay right from your career uh, initial career as a bureaucrat to the advisor what are top 3 things that have helped you immensely so if there are three things that i will pick out the most important by far is i have always said i have lived a life of convictions and not consequences you know in hindi they say maine dar ke naukri nahi kiya i have never worked out the fear to survive in a job to hang on to a role i said and did whatever i believed in throughout my career and that i think uh, in some ways good and bad right you pay a price for it sometimes both in the government and even in the corporate world because most people like convenient officers convenient leaders they don't like people who think are different but for me it was living a life of convictions and not uh, consequences second is i think uh, i've stayed vulnerable i have done things which most people would not want to do because when you are riding the high horse life is so set so comfortable you don't get out of a company or you don't start something all over from scratch but i think vulnerability helps you learn it actually builds agility so i think all through from my civil service days to corporate career changes and finally my advisory experiment it's about been about staying vulnerable and since you asked me the third the third if i honestly think is i have built great teams i don't think my success is my success actually it's the team which has actually made me successful 
right? Because the team actually uh, uh, does a great job. But I had the, I think, the inclination to hire people who were all individually better than me. And that itself is rare because people don't hire people typically who are better or smarter than them. I think I consciously did it. And uh, I think I reaped the advantage. So these are the three things which come to mind. The third point uh, about Hiring people better than you. I had a bitter experience. In fact, I was interviewing with some multinational conglomerate. And I answered 100 out of 100. Like, in a sense, all the questions. Somehow, my gut feel says he's not going to hire me. <laughs> because people, normally at certain level, they feel, okay, if at all, we hire this it's person. across levels. It starts all the way from promoters and CEOs down. People talk about wanting brilliant talent. But actually, not everyone is ready to... Because when you hire brilliant people, you also have to allow them their space. Yeah. And not everyone wants to do that. So that's a separate story on the guiding <laughs> or some other episode we'll talk about. Absolutely. I would be curious. I would be keen on doing that. And and uh, about this uh, advisory stuff, like you mentioned, you wanted to impact uh, hundreds of companies and thousands of leaders, right? So what prompted, was it a kind of uh, eureka moment wherein you thought, okay, all of a sudden, let me do something big. Okay, let me uh, change the world kind of thing. Or how did it happen? See, uh, Naveen, by the time I was not even 50, I had been the CHRO of two Fortune 500 companies, Tata Motors and uh, Reliance, where I was the group CHRO. And uh, I realized that what else do you do? You can continue doing such big jobs, right? Earn your million dollar salaries, you know, be comfortable in life. But the fact is, it will be more of the same for the next 10, 15 years or 10 or 12 years. So I thought that, you know, if someone like me could be available to many such leaders and companies, could I actually get them to think and more importantly, respond and behave very differently than the way they do? And therefore, I, I tell myself and I tell the world, I'm not a consultant, I'm an advisor, right? I don't come and make slides and presentations and, it's, you know, I push them like a good coach would. I get them to reimagine, rethink. And I believe that it's an experiment worth trying because doing the beaten path is a very convenient option. But remember, I told you I have lived a life of convictions and not consequences. So that's really the effort, the journey. And it's never an easy journey when you start off like this, but uh, it's a fulfilling journey. It's a fulfilling journey. Excellent. Talking about the culture, because I've seen a lot of your articles on Times Ascent, and I was intrigued by this particular aspect, because culture is something which plays a critical role, right? From a person like me, before I get into any organization, I study a lot about the work culture, right? Likewise, it decides the fate of an organization. So what is your take on the organizational culture, and how does a how does the culture impact the companies and should they be doing some transformation or renewalization in this aspect? So, you know, this is again a huge subject. And again, maybe it is a subject by itself on a future uh, show of the guiding voice. But most important, people don't understand culture. Boards don't understand culture enough. Promoters and CEOs don't understand. The average manager does not. But the fact of the matter is culture is all in the manner we think behave, relate, and do and deliver a product and service or an experience. But it starts from mind. And uh, it is hard and it is soft. Because it is soft and sometimes fussy, people think, oh, it's, it's, it's a very easy subject. But soft is 
actually the hardest. And culture is not always about just the nice things that people think about. Are, is, are they nice and pleasant people? That's not culture. Culture is also about hard issues of accountability. Is that your culture? Is culture about meritocracy or mediocrity? That's also culture. Is culture about big dreams? That's culture, right? So culture is a very all-encompassing uh, 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 subject and it needs the hard systems, processes and practices to supplement the behavioral norms that uh, leaders and peers and you know our teams individually and collectively contribute. But it is strategic because you know, to me, it is how you get to your strategic outcome. You get in somehow, sometime, and leaving a lot of dead bodies behind? Or do you do it in quicker time, agile cultures? Do you do it more collaboratively? People have fun. There's a greater sense of ownership, right? So what is important is that culture is like a moving uh, river. It's not like a still pond. And most people believe culture is static. I have a very different view. It's never a still pond. So the strategic issue is how do you make culture relevant for the kind of talent you should be inviting and keeping, not what you have always kept or retained, what is relevant for the future and how do you make those transitions in time? Because at the end of the day, you can throw any money, you can throw anything to get a guy in, but people finally stay in when they enjoy the culture that uh, they want to be in. So that's why it is strategic. And without the right people, there is no future, there is no business, there is no strategic outcome. Yeah, and it should be fluidic, kind of dynamic. That's what uh, it should be. It uh, should. Be. Yeah. I always said, never damn your culture. Otherwise, it become a damned culture, <laughs> right? So don't stop your culture. Let it flow. Let it flow. Let it evolve. That's awesome. All right. Now, now let's talk about uh, the leadership part. So, who, in your opinion, is a good leader? Because um, in in your case, like you have embarked on your leadership journey way back when you were like twenty two years old. Not everybody might get an opportunity and people should be ready to embrace that kind of roles. But my question is, when does this leadership start? How somebody should uh, be vigilant about the surroundings and be exposed themselves as a leader or maybe uh, unleash their potential? You're asking some very powerful questions. Each one of these are subjects in itself. So let me try and give you a couple of minutes of a response. See, leadership starts first with self. Are you able to lead yourself? What otherwise we call self-leadership. You may not have a single person to lead, but the question is, are you leading yourself right? Right? And self-leadership itself is the first call of leadership. And uh, so there is no time, there is no age, there is no stage. You have to be conscious about it. The challenge is we don't talk about these issues till you become many, many years of experience. And we connect leadership with titles, which is the biggest policy. So you, we should help people understand leadership and self-leadership, even when we are in school. When you start leading yourself right is your first ticket to hope to be leading others right. And I think that's the first comment I would have. The second I think that is important is people talk a lot about role models. That is, I will confess I don't have a single role model. I have learned from almost everyone, irrespective of title, rank, education, hierarchy age. And I believe personally that that's the best way of learning because there is no perfect human being. Even the most successful business leaders or political leaders have their darker sides, right? And pick what you think are relevant and nice and to you 
and learn from anyone. So that's the second part. The third part, of course, I wrote an article more recently, you know, and I won't bore you with the details on this talk, but which I call the ABCDE of leadership, right? And uh, ultimately, A is about aggregating. The ability to coalesce individuals to become a collective, powerful coalition is a very important leadership dimension. Now, what gets it is another big story. We don't have time for that. Second is bold. B is for bold. Are you courageous enough? And to be courageous, are you vulnerable enough? Are you willing to look beyond yourself? C is character. All the softer things that build character, empathy, humility, learning, agility, respect for people, all of that to me is character. D is delivered or delivery. If you don't deliver impact on every batting track, company after company, role after role, you don't have a ticket to leadership. Whatever is the nature of your impact, not everywhere is it finance and business. Like you can be in public service or social service, but there is impact. So delivery is important. And E stands for engage. The ability to understand that different stakeholders get engaged differently. And as a leader, your job is to engage all your stakeholders to co-own your agenda and purpose. So to me, A, B, C, D, E of leadership is the best summary of what leadership is all about. Excellent summary. So it's about aggregating, like being bold, building that character, yeah. delivering the impact and engage. Wow, such a powerful set of insights. And now linking the branding, which uh, comes hand in hand or goes hand in hand with the leadership. Right? How does this uh, branding impact somebody's ability as a leader and especially to succeed in today's uh, UCA world? So branding uh, is not the start point. The start point is integrity. Start point is impact. Start point is credibility. Unless you have that, you don't even have the ticket to play, right? But once you have that, you know, brands make a lot of difference. There are hundreds and thousands of leaders of all shapes and sizes in this world. Why should you be counted? Why should people be influenced by you? And or more people be influenced? So personal branding becomes a very logical corollary of someone who has started and built some degree of impact, influence, and uh, and uh, reputation. To me, personal brand then is about careful nurturing of how you want to be seen and by whom you want to be seen. Because at the end of the day, you will be a leader or a person of influence depending on how you've scoped your role, your aspiration and your purpose. So if you're a politician and you want to lead uh, the politics of a country or a state or a district or whatever else, it will be different if you're in business or if you're in technology, your catchments are very different. And you must therefore build a personal brand reputation as understood, valued, and celebrated and cultivated by your relevant catchment area. Now, a logical thing that a lot of people ask me, and I get a lot of invitations to speak about personal branding. Prabir, you became a personal brand. How did you become? I never thought I would become a personal brand. You know, you just did your work and you built successes. People started talking about you. They started complimenting you. Your career also moved. Your reputation moved through people who even moved beyond your companies. They talked about you. People who worked with you talked about you. And then comes the role of social media. So beyond, you know, uh, what stories that uh, people talk about you, right? If I always say five people say that you are stupid, you are stupid. If five people say you're a, a great guy, you're a great guy. That's unfortunately the reality of the world. Social media gives us a handle and an opportunity and a level playing field to be able to build a reputation. 
so for someone like me when i look back i always loved writing i always have a point of view i think different than most people at least most hr people right and because it's free it's an open uh, platform to express your views i started expressing i love writing i would write my articles and people started responding they started reading liking so on one side is your reputation as a leader on the job and the other is your thought leadership or your personal leadership as through stories of people who you have served with or you've worked for right all three coalies and builds a popular uh, reputation and that's how the personal brand starts coaliescing and then comes a point when people see you at an airport and say are you too prabhuja can i take a selfie with you so those are very logical downstream actions but you don't start saying yeah. that i want to be there yeah. i mean not even a film star necessarily says you know i was like that on day one mm-hmm. everyone i i wrote a, a a tweet about it uh, some years ago now that every big guy or every big reputation every big personal brand was the boy next door or the girl next door you know when they started so it's over a period of time so maybe one day when you become a big brand right i mean people uh, will say oh he is the guy you know the guiding voice guy but it's a journey it's yeah. a journey so that's exactly my view about personal yeah i i opening in fact uh, because people have different opinions about branding but you have clarified it it all starts with integrity and credibility first you need to prove yourself and and build that particular thing step by step no you uh, can't be a hoax many yeah. people try to portray an image which is very different than their true self mm-hmm. i mean i can almost i can almost stick my neck out and tell you that the brand will be badly mutilated and hit you can't sustain it yeah. you have to be yourself so yeah. you know what i write what i speak and company after company and for the last 30 years i mean no company has made me say something different yeah. that's the way i've always been from my government days till today Mm-hmm. right so there has to come from some deep belief deep conviction deep point of view and you'll always have some people who do, who won't agree and which is fine you you move on and there'll be many people who say no i like the guy he speaks the truth he's trying to at least change things is is one guy who has the guts to you know says things which no one else politically wants to talk about and that is also what builds your integrity and that is the kind of brand reinforcement that uh, you get through a lot of this so called official personal branding uh, exercises during our conversation yesterday you mentioned about this happiness and energy part right and be it in the professional settings or family settings or social situations and all right people always uh, have a struggle in terms of understanding where should they spend energy on should they really be spending energy on things that bring happiness and what's your take on that no it's a great question and now i i've actually developed a model model which i'm using partly for my coaching and also for a lot of my uh, leadership interventions with my clients i believe that you have either infinite energy or finite energy right if you have infinite energy then you can do anything but however liberal uh, your energy pool is it is finite you must use it in a manner that gives you your happiness now you can use a word peace happiness whatever that you choose but i believe it's not about money it's not about titles and i have gone through the entire life cycle so i say it with a lot of uh, humility and uh, authority that ultimately each person's trigger of happiness is very unique and unfortunately we believe happiness comes because you have a lot of money happiness comes because you have xyz people say gen z gets happy doing this gen y does it with that i don't believe in these stereotypes two people are unique characters 
and each one gets happy for different reasons. And it is perfectly all right to try and do things that give you your happiness. So, for example, someone loves to be doing altruism, you know, working with uh, the poor. And that gives happiness. That's perfectly the place where you should spend your energy. Someone likes adventure. Someone likes uh, challenge. Someone likes money. Someone likes whatever else. So the important part is life is short. And when you look back, you should, should feel that I lived a life averaged. We don't have to be somebody else. And I won't take names. We don't have to be. We don't know whether the most successful people are necessarily the happiest people. But decide and uncover, reflect on what is your source of happiness. What makes you happy? And then focus a lot of what you do, the time you have at work, beyond your work. But do things which give you happiness. Because ultimately, we are not going to, there's no foreign currency tri, you know, uh, exchange happening on our last day. The only currency we have is is the time that we have here. And uh, life is too short to be unhappy and chase the wrong priorities. And I'm not saying one priority is better than the other. But each person has the right to decide and must have the responsibility to decide what makes him or her happy. And everything of the energy levers should support that uh, springboard of happiness. Wonderful. I'm loving this conversation. And uh, moving to the next question, which is, kind of aligned to my day job, which is related to transformation and change. So why should uh, companies and leaders transform? And why transformation has become most important and most relevant nowadays? See, everything is changing. We as individuals are changing. Our dreams are changing. Our ability to respond is changing. You know, our, our ability to run, walk, everything is changing every day. Same happens with corporations. You know, we are no longer even in the VUCA world. We have moved to the Bani world now. I've written an article, uh, you know, where I've, uh, I have uh, piggybacked on Bani. The reality is that the world will not stop for us. The option is for us. Will we anticipate and proactively respond to the changes in the environment around us? So you, it's not a choice. The only choice is if you don't want to survive, you can afford to do nothing. And transformation is both structural or hard. And it is behavioral and soft, both. It is at the individual level. It is also at the aggregate or the corporate or the institution level. And I think it is very, very important to read signals early because the response time is going to be very, very minimal. There was a time when you still had five years to respond to your business model, respond to your changing customer preferences, respond to your changing uh, employee demographics or demands. Today, it happens like this. And therefore, transformation must be an integral aspect of everyone's job for oneself, for one's team, and for the larger enterprise that we are responsible for running. Because that is something that is your responsibility to give back better than what you had received. And the only way, and I'm not saying every transformation is negative. Everything seems to be cruising along, even for you as an individual. Do you rock your boat? And that was when we started our conversation. Life was going on so well. I could have been a corporate honcho for the next 10, 12 years minting my money. But you ask yourself, am I happy enough doing this or do I want to be happier doing something else? And if I'm happier doing something else, can I help transform, change myself, reposition, repivot, and therefore help organizations and other leaders transform and get better? So you see how this entire conversation has actually got uh, into a nice little uh, bundle. But that is why I believe transformation and change is not an option. 
Yeah. It is a sine qua non of survival and sustainability. Awesome. So give back better than you receive. That is what uh, is my key takeaway out of this transformation journey. And as you said, uh, I think the time to respond, right? It has shrunk and it is very yes. important to be on, on that transformation journey. And now talking about your uh, LinkedIn journey, like you have whopping 550k followers, right? And um, <laughs> I know you have been consistent and you've been passionate and maintaining that rigor of posting content on daily basis, right? So what should leaders focus on while building their clout on social media? And uh, what are your tips for being consistent? So I don't know about others. You know, for me, I'm a very creative person. My mind is churning all the time. So I just use a platform like LinkedIn or any other platform, Instagram or Facebook page or you know Twitter. I am everywhere because it allows me the opportunity of expression. That's it. It depends what leaders are looking for on these social media handles. If they are trying to reach out to influence, impact, share, I would feel just go ahead and express yourself. Don't expect everyone to read. Don't expect everyone to agree. But express a point of view. One of the big challenges I find with a lot of emergent leaders is they don't have a point of view. They are politically very convenient. They survive, right? They manage the system. And uh, in one of my articles, I've written this, Naveen, that, you know, the challenge today that corporations have is because we talk a lot more about leaders and we do very little about leadership. So social media is also an opportunity of owning, uh, you know, your leadership. And you can choose the area of passion. So if you want to talk only about technology or in technology, a certain area, focus on that. Don't write 25 other things. I find a lot of people write on things which are so unconnected then your brand gets very solid. So you pick those two or three areas that you're passionate about and write about that. Have a point of view. And if you're able to have people start noticing you, interacting with you, responding. See, it's not about just followership. As someone who has been on this journey, I can tell you, I interact with so many of them. It doesn't take as much time as people sometimes think. I mean, people have asked that, you must be thinking half an hour, one hour. No, I'm having my morning cup of tea and I just post. And this I've done for years. But the responses which come, I interact with them. So it's also about agreeing, clarifying that many leaders don't do. They just post. Or many who are worse, someone on their behalf is posting. That is criminal. You know, then don't be on social media. Right? Yeah. Then, you, then it should be your point of view. It shouldn't be some ghost guy writing yeah. for you and some ghost person posting for you. Yeah. And there's a, there are many, many leaders who are like this. And to me, that is not integrity. Yeah. If you don't have the time or the interest, don't do it, yeah. you know. But uh, I don't think uh, that's something I personally agree with. But uh, so I'm I'm not sure I want to advise anyone. But the fact is, it's a very open and uh, level playing field. You decide how you want to play and just go and do what you want to do and see how the cookie crumbles finally. Just to summarize what you've mentioned on the social media stuff, uh, instead of uh, picking up so many wide array of topics better to pick up top three things and connect the dots and focus on something niche and something pertaining to that and it's not about the followership it is also important to interact with people and try to agree and clarify what they have so it is uh, a kind of excellent uh, tips and uh, i am thoroughly enjoying this conversation professor what i would do is uh, i really want my audience to get to know other side of you so 
I'm going to kick off a quick rapid fire round and put okay. you on the spot. <laughs> All right. So let me fire the first bullet. I have seen many of your picks with different different hats, right? So when did you develop this passion for hats? <laughs> so I think consciously it must have been in the COVID times, but mm-hmm. I did have an interest in hats in general. Mm-hmm. I was gifted an odd hat or two in with from some of my teams in the past. But I started researching hats and it's such a fascinating subject to research. So I've almost done a virtual PhD on hats, right? <laughs> Globally, what about hats, brands of hats, types of hats. And then I started collecting some hats. Now I have a fair collection. So, and I love wearing my hats. And one of the things was, you know, one of the uh, videos I saw was, if you want to wear hats, just wear them. Don't worry about how people will think about you. So <laughs> I have enjoyed it. I've just enjoyed just it. wear them. <laughs> yeah. All right. Moving to my next one. Any hidden talent uh, or skill that you have never shared in the public forum so far? I can mimic a little. I can mimic, <laughs> but yeah, it's dangerous. I can mimic some interesting people, but yes, uh, not in, in on public platform. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Interesting. And um, can you describe yourself in just one word? Passionate. Yeah. I think you can take everything away from Prabir. You can't take Prabir's passion away. For anything that I do, I do it with full josh. P, P for passion and P for Prabir. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And uh, what is the nickname that your parents and friends used to call you? Well, my parents called me Roby. Ruby. Although my uh, friends in college used to call me Prabs. Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> All so, right. So, <laughs> Roby or, or Crabs is what are my nicknames. Yes. Mm-hmm. And linking back to the college or school days, any naughtiest thing that you have done which you still remember? You know, I mean, that is one regret I have. I I was growing up in school and college more right of center. I became a rebel when I started working, right? Challenging systems. But no, not really. I don't think I would by the call in school or college would have been that of a naughty guy, would have been the good guy, you know, not the naughty guy. So I'll I'll pass on that. <laughs> I wish I had a story. <laughs> <laughs> that that's so smart answer, actually. <laughs> okay. Moving to the next one. What are top three things from your bucket list if you'd like to share? See, one, I definitely want to travel and see some exotic places, both in India and outside. That's top of the uh, bucket list. One has been so busy with work all one's life, one never really saw. So that's the number one. Second is uh, I do want to publish a book, which is more doable and little on the way. And uh, maybe a third bucket list, if I could, I would love to learn playing a musical instrument. Whatever it is, I've never tried, never done, but deep down, I would love to learn playing a musical instrument. Mm-hmm. All right. So, wish you all the best on all the three. And I know that second one is in the making already. Sure. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> Moving to the next one. If a biopic were to be made, what would be the genre and any preferred title? No, I would make a very, very fascinating uh, biopic. You know, the kind of mountains I've climbed, the swamps I've been stuck in, the deserts I've gone through. Oh, my God. I mean, it can be a very, very interesting story. But I think the best caption, and I've responded to a similar question in the past, I'll repeat it. You know, I think the way I would like it to be called is the man who dared and cared. So I think the two key words, the man who dared and cared, I think are very, very uh, 
suggestive of the person I am. I mean, both are very true. My <laughs> level of care is very high. My <laughs> level of care is very high. So wow, <laughs> dared and cared. Wow, <laughs> simply amazing. Moving to the next one. Do you have any weirdest or unique habit? Not that I am conscious, but some people do tell me that uh, Prabir, when you start thinking, you start shaking your leg, <laughs> or you or you start moving your hand to the leg. You know, so maybe it's very clear when you are thinking, your your leg starts moving. You know, <laughs> shaking. I was not conscious of it, but someone told me that when you are thinking, we realize that. So maybe that's weird, but it's my blind. Yeah, that's a great observation from your uh, folks around you. <laughs> okay, so great rapid fire, and uh, let me fire the last bullet out of this. What is one electronic gadget that you like to see or invent yourself? I am sure I cannot invent uh, a gadget. That's not me. I am not built that way. But what uh, you know, I would have loved to see, and actually, in many ways, it has already happened. But many years ago, thirty years ago, I would almost tell people, why should I need to learn? software or a way of typing out things why can't i just speak into the system so let's say excel sheet on a system you know so it should be very intuitive a gadget which just listens to what i want and should be able to do things so there are already many many such things happening but i would love to see a gadget which actually does all my things a little more like siri plus 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 right <laughs> <laughs> can do almost everything without me needing to uh, physically touch anything i should just say and the gadget should be able to then program manage it, everything beyond that so even let's say an oven i should be able to speak to an oven set my cake to bake at 180 degrees for 20 minutes why should i struggle to even do 180 and all that so that's a very user friendly technology yeah. neutral but high tech you know yeah. uh, gadget is what i'd love to someday see indeed but one caveat is people will become more lazy <laughs> Oh, that they will. Haven't we already? Become lazy? <laughs> we have become lazy. We have. So, but anyway, I mean, the good part of it is if you yeah. have more time available, yeah. the hope will be they can use it to channel it for more productive purposes. More, yeah, and more creative. Because many of us as people are so busy doing C class items that we don't have time to think about the A class items. So it is possible that time saved is money saved and a future saved as well. I will continue to be the optimist. and hope that it will help build a better world better people better relationship definitely and uh, what an energetic rapid fire round with that um, let me flip back to the mainstream and before i let you go one final question for today's conversation what will be your biggest piece of advice to those aspiring to make big in their lives or careers dream big you know if you dream small even if you exceed your aspiration it's no big deal dream audacious dream something that no one around you believes you can do and once you set your dream do everything that it takes to get there but you must dream big you must dream different that i think is is one thing that the world of tomorrow is waiting to offer us the question is are we willing to dream that big so that will be my advice and my uh, provocation actually to anyone who is listening to the show wow simply mind blowing and i'm super energized and super charged after this conversation this is going to be there with me for quite a long time and uh, i really appreciate your time and thank insights, you navin everything that you shared <laughs> thank you you're so doing much. some great work and all the best to you and to the guiding voice on this journey to spread more learning and uh, more wisdom to 
so many many people across the world all the thank, very best to you thank you so much and it means a lot it means a lot so it was such a pleasure hosting uh, prabir uh, prabir sir and uh, so folks before we move into the trivia section here is a request to you in case if you haven't subscribed to us please subscribe from the app where you have tuned in from also if you have loved this nst conversation and found the episode useful request you to share with at least three of your friends or colleagues who can benefit from the guiding voice thank you so much in advance now let's hop into the trivia segment of today's episode so today we had an engaging and nst conversation with a charismatic leader pravircha so i'm going to share a few facts about what this charismatic leadership is all about you know as per an article published on american scientific study mind charismatic leaders display certain attributes and charisma centers on the capacity for a leader to be seen by followers as advancing the group's interests and its spell can be broken if leaders are discovered to be acting for themselves or for an opposing group and second one is we are not born with a natural talent for winning hearts and minds followers respond to a leader's thoughtfully tuned public identity by knowing that person with charisma and third aspect is a charismatic leader is an entrepreneur of identity this person clarifies what we believe rather than telling people what they believe and they use words like us and we that emphasize a shared identity to increase charisma franklin roosevelt managed to appear to be both of us and for us a feat that lies at the heart of charisma in general that's all about charismatic leadership and in case if you have come across any charismatic leader in your professional journey or personal journey please tag them on the social media post where they have where you have found this episode that's all for today thank you so much for joining me and uh, folks in case if you have any topic recommendations and great speaker suggestions please feel free to reach out to me through social media or email us at theguidingvoiceforyou@gmail.com i'm your host navin samala Just a fellow IT professional but a passionate learner on a mission to make a difference in the careers and lives of millions across the globe until next time bye bye see you all in the next episode with another powerful speaker